What if there were a relatively easy way to have a nearly endless supply of nutritious protein? That would be chickens. And they're easier to raise than you might think. We'll tell you all about them in this episode of Prepping 2.0. When disaster strikes, will you be prepared? This is Prepping 2.0 with authors and prepping experts, Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Online at prepping2-0.com. Get ready. Prepping 2.0 coming in 3, 2, 1. Welcome, everyone. This is Shelby Gallagher over here at Prepping 2.0, joined by my co-host on the show and co-host in life, Glenn Tate. Well, thank you, dear. What if there were a relatively easy way to have a nearly endless supply of nutritious protein? That would be chickens, and they're easier to raise than you might think. We'll tell you all about them in this episode of Prepping 2.0. But before we do, I wanted to talk about a situation where maybe you can't have a chicken coop. Maybe you live in an apartment, for example. You need to have your anchor supply of freeze-dried food, and that, in our opinion, would be coming from Numana, which is N-U-M-A-N-N-A Foods, and that would be Numana.com. You can find out more about them on our website, which is prepping2-0.com. Look on the Friends and Affiliates tab, and there's a coupon code there. Bottom line, Numana does big bulk freeze-dried foods, that last 25 plus years and they have all kinds of specialty dietary things they have purely organic they have gluten-free it's kind of the in my opinion the top of the line of freeze-dried food and they've been a great great supporter of this show and it's owned by a totally cool dude and he's been a guest on the show very nice guy so we like to keep stuff in the family if you will and Numana is in the prepping 2.0 family well let's get into it when I sat down to figure out how I'm going to outline this whole show, chickens get really big, really fast, the whole topic of them. And I'm going to try and keep it simple. I want people to know you can start small, which most people typically do, and get big. And then you get to choose how big you're going to get. So let's just do a quick pros and cons, Glenn, of having chickens. First, pros. Uh, chickens provide two sources of protein, eggs and meat. People in uh, urban, suburban, small acreage tend to do them just for eggs. I've only ever done, personally, for myself, chickens for eggs. We're hoping that changes soon. They are easy to keep. They're not hard to keep, and they're easier than dogs in a lot of ways. What were your thoughts? And I, I have to tell you that before you actually got us started on chickens, and it was entirely your idea, because I was like, well, that sounds like farming. And oh, no. It's not farming at all. It's more like having a dog in fact it's easier than having a dog because chickens don't um you know chase deer and and put their snotty noses on your window and then you have to clean your window from or on your face first thing in the morning dog snossages <laughs> so uh it's much easier than you might think right and and to add to that just so folks know i have had chickens in one form or another for about 20, 21 years. I started, I've said this before, having a very, very small three chicken operation in my super high density housing development when I lived in the city. And now we're on five acres and we're, and we're going big. So we'll talk about that. So, and that speaks to the next point. Chickens are adaptable to many different lifestyles. You don't have to be living on a 10 acre farm to have um, a meaningful amount of chickens. And you can propagate it, uh, uh, your operation, meaning that you can, and this is where we are about ready to get our heads wrapped around, is breeding them for meats and eggs so that you have an ongoing supply of eggs and meat. So very cool. I, I All of those things are very viable. The cons, just like any animal, they require daily care and feeding. Um, chickens in particular, a friend of mine described chickens as the uh, feeder fish of the feathered community, hmm. meaning nothing, they hunt for nothing and everything hunts for them. Hmm. And that is true. We've discovered mm -hmm. um, they can attract predators. They will attract predators. You need to be ready for that. And they can attract, and you've heard me talk about it, and we might even hint on this in the show, they attract vermin. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and most animals do. Their feed, their manure, their their the sounds they make attract vermin. I think chickens attract more vermin than other animals. Yeah. I don't see... They're um, the feeder fish of the moon. <laughs> I don't see ferrets and... Yes, uh, ra- ferrets will get your chickens. I don't see those ferrets oh, see. chasing um, dogs. And so I think the, the disadvantage chickens have, and they're not very smart, so it's not like they can work on it. Yep. Right. The disadvantage chickens have is their very distinctive clucking. Oh, and yeah, yeah. It, it can be heard by <laughs> vermin all over the place. And chickens are not exactly uh, self-defensive animals. They're not exactly gunslingers. No. They just kind of run around and get eaten. Which just proves the point more. They are fairly defenseless. They're, they're mostly flightless birds. They attract... They attract things that you didn't know could hunt. You didn't even know lived near you. Yes. That was our experience. (laughs) All kinds of stuff. And and they're dumb. And they're pretty dumb. So, so why, um, why do you want to do this? And we've already talked about this a little bit. You want a supply of good protein. Um, if all you do is have eggs, um, this becomes more of a point when you start looking at the prices of meat. It's funny. I was looking up on the Internet, like the cost ratio analysis of having chickens and raising them and feeding them. versus Because cost them. is a practical it is. thing here. And we're never going to be the ones that say, well, you take your first billion dollars that you earned and you buy a giant bunker. We're never going to be yeah. those people. Everything has to be cost effective here or it's simply not going to get done then you're just listening to a podcast full of dreams Mm -hmm. and we're not a podcast full of dreams we're We're a podcast full of getting stuff done and we're not a podcast of um wasting money if anything this year the last two years have shown us inflation is is a real thing and that goes to my next point right now it actually does pencil out more than it did two or three years ago to get chickens because of the cost of meat in the grocery store. I used to be able to go, when we lived in Western Washington at a local grocery store, a local kind of chain, and when they would have a sale on chicken, I could get a 10 pound package of chicken breasts, uh, wings, legs, packages, these big 10 pound packages for $5. Amazing. That's 50 cents a pound. And I would freeze, freeze those bad boys up and we'd have chicken wings for dinner or whatever. I have personally benefited from Shelby um, buying and freezing 50 cent a pound chicken and cooking it up magnificently. I can tell you that this is real. Again, we're not making stuff up. This is not a podcast no. of dream. This is a podcast of Glenn getting stuff done. Glenn is here to affirm the truthfulness of my mm-hmm. claims. <laughs> That's right. But, I'm a witness. But there's there's 50 cent a pound chicken is long gone. It's yeah. now $1.99 a pound for, for the legs, for the throwaway pieces. 50 cents will maybe get you one chicken wing in a restaurant, although I don't frequent chicken wing restaurants because it's a long story I won't get into. But um, anyway, so you probably can't even get a chicken wing for 50 cents no, anymore. No, well, and good luck trying to find a butcher who'll sell you a chicken wing. Anyway, right. so... Maybe get them in a vending machine. Oh, there you go. So the That'd price... That'd be gross. We go back to the COVID days. We remember when... Eggs were suddenly very short yeah. for some reason because there's all these avian flus that keep panicking people. There's packaging a, was a huge thing. Packaging the egg was cartons. A, they yep. couldn't get egg cartons. And it's it's weird to me watching the the panics of the last couple of years. It's weird for me to see the weird trends that have come out of COVID and lockdowns. To see what people panic over. Well, not only that, and grocery stores panic over um, when. Eggs suddenly became, you know, three, four dollars a dozen in the grocery store, not just your organic ones from the super duper awesome expe- Whole, Foods. Whole Foods, Whole Paycheck grocery store. The whole world went to Tractor Supply and bought all the chicks. Remember that? There was absolutely a ch- there was a literal chick shortage in the United States a couple of years ago. Um, People were picking up chicks. They were picking up chicks. And I hope they keep doing it. But that's just propagated more. Um, many hatcheries have responded to that. But more and more people are keeping chickens, which is great. And it will offset for you the price of meat and eggs. You are taking your dollars out of the grocery store inflated system and putting it on your own property, which is great. So what's nice now is that you can still get chicks. You can still get those supplies. You can still get eggs and meat in the market, but I predict someday soon we're going to have a COVID situation again where chicken in the grocery store and eggs in the grocery store are going to be gone. 
Yeah, not so, just high priced, unavailable. Unavailable. And there's a big difference. And, it, and, and we just saw that with uh, baby formula. Mm-hmm. You know, when it's it's one thing if it's just super expensive and hard to get and scarce, it's another when it's gone. So right now during shortage time, develop the skills now to have some chickens, whether you want three or 13 or 23 or 333. So you can also develop this into a nice little side hustle if you want. When we lived in Western Washington, we had about 15 birds and I had a neighbor that every couple of weeks would buy some eggs off me at $4 a dozen. Yep, offset the price of feed quite yep, a bit. Absolutely, so there's that. So what is needed to get started? First of all, you, Going back to what I said earlier, what's your situation? It depends on all of that. So, but the basic things you need, everybody needs them. You need a structure for your chickens. And if you're going to do a small operation, go ahead. Living room does not no, do well. They don't, stink. Don't do a living room. There's That's a, a bad stink, idea. There's a stink factor to them. So, one, a structure. If you are doing little, like what I did when I lived in the city, you can use a shed, you can use a kid's old. Um, outdoor house you can use an old dog house you, you need a structure that they can um, go away and kind of hunker down at night they, it needs to be covered I used an old dog house for many years when I lived in Portland and um, and then you need a run a run being where they can be outdoors and if you're in the city like I did I paid a guy back in 2002 or three to I paid him $400 Wow. Doesn't that seem like yeah. nothing? It's, oh, at the, the good time, old days. it was so expensive. But I paid him basically to put up fence posts and wrap it in uh, chicken wire. So, and I put the doghouse in there, and I had three chickens there for years. And uh, those original first three chickens actually got died of old age. Oh, my goodness. They lasted for a long that time. That meant you were doing something right. I was doing something right. And we had eggs, two, three a day for several years. Um, so basic structure, basic run, food and water. Yeah. And that's kind of it. The bigger you get, it needs to change that. And your climate affects that. Living in the in uh, Washington and Oregon and warmer climates, and, and you're pushing it a little bit in Washington and Oregon, where, where you only have a freezing day a handful of times a year, mm-hmm. you need to be able to keep your chickens somewhat warm. You cannot have them be extended cold for an extended amount of time. So what we did in Western Washington, and our chicken coop there was a Costco shed married up with a tractor supply chicken run. Um, we we did it the redneck style. We ran an extension cord yes. from the house out to the coop. They got run over by the lawnmower a couple times. That wasn't that wasn't scary at all. No, no live current on a metal no. blade. That you're sitting on. No, nope, it wasn't. Or holding nope, on to. No, nope. not so, scary. Yeah, not scary at all. Uh, so I'm so glad you're still with us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so doing something, you can go redneck on that, if, especially in climates like that, where you're, you just need a few nights of some warmth. Running a heat lamp out to your chicken coop works as well. That's one thing I wanted to emphasize, sort of my evolution of chicken knowledge, and that is, I assumed chickens would need to have more heating and cooling than they actually do. And they're being the bottom feeders of the feathered world. Yeah. They, they're not very delicate. Um, and the other cool thing about chickens not being delicate is, and I'm looking at this from a cost standpoint, because again, everything needs to pencil out. There are no vet bills to speak of. Yeah, they're either alive or dead. Yeah, they're kind of disposable. Let's be yeah, honest. They're the feeder fish yeah. of the of the bird community. They really are. Yeah, nobody takes their goldfish to a veterinarian. No. And goldfish are the feeder fish of fish. So let me add to that. Yes, there are vets out there. They're hard to find. They tend to be more neurological. Chickenologists. That can do a quick little, let's see if we can revive this thing. Um, there Chicken are, CPR and mouth to mouth is very weird. <laughs> so there are antibiotics, there are probiotics, there are things you can buy at a feed store to help your chickens if they they are sickly. And I've and I've had to do had to do that myself a few times. Uh, living in Portland, I had to do an antibiotic for a while because I can't remember. I we had a snotty nose or something like that on a chicken snotty beak, a snotty beak, and and a cough. This. Ugh. Chicken coughs are gross. They are gross, and it tells you that they're sick. And that bird came back, well, didn't go, didn't go towards the light, which was great. Mm-hmm. Um, we had a chicken uh, about two years ago in Western Washington that had a prolapsed vent 
Mm-hmm. Remember that? I do. You and did a video. It's a VBS. I, it is about a that. video uh, way back when. And, and I should explain what a VBS is for all of our new listeners. It's a video bonus show available to Patreon supporters at the $5 and up level. Go to prepping2-0.com, click on the big orange become a Patreon button. Anyway, I just want to mention because yeah. I hate it when I'm listening to a podcast and people are throwing around acronyms and I get hung up on the acronyms because I'm weird. And then 10 minutes go by and you list all the, yeah, missed all missed the content. All the, yeah, I missed all the content. So don't let that happen to you. Mm-mm. It does yeah. not stand for a vacation Bible school. No, it doesn't. That's the other meaning of VBS. <laughs> That's where I get hung up. Wait a minute. If you're Shelby, taking Glenn a chicken Shelby. to a vacation Bible school, there's something wrong with you. If Glenn and Shelby are teaching a vacation no, Bible it's not, school, it's, it may not be good. No. Anyway. Yeah. Any so, losers. Um, prolapsed vent. Ah, I, I, I didn't have a chicken vet, uh, vet around. So a chickenologist. A chickenologist. I did my YouTubing. I went to a couple of good resources online that I know about. I brought that bird back to health. This is a great example, That's by the way. That's amazing to me. Yes, it is. It's This is a great example of the prepping mindset and the usefulness of skills. And it's not like anyone's born knowing how to fix a chicken with a prolapsed vent. Um, what it is is having the adaptability and the mindset of like, well, I've been presented with a problem. I'm going to solve the problem. And then, as I often say, I have a master's degree from the University of YouTube because it's an amazing uh, source of information and you can learn all kinds of things. Not like it's a skill that you're going to use as a side hustle. It's not like you're going to become an unlicensed chickenologist and be the prolap vent fixer um, for your particular county. But it's just a great example of getting it done. Yeah. Absolutely. And um, here's the thing that I, the, kind of the attitude I went into that with. I'm like, well, we can we can dispatch this chicken right now. That's um, actually pretty easy. That's really, it's not hard to do. And it's, and that's, you need to know that that has to be an option. The other thing is I'm like looking online going, this is about a 50-50. You got a 50% chance of making this work. A lot of people out there going, oh, nope, not going to make it. And I'm like, I'm going to take a shot at this. I've got a 50-50 chance. What do I have to lose? If anything, I'm going to learn the skill, right? And you're going to... If you fix it, prevent an animal from suffering. And nobody wants animals to suffer. And yeah, so what's a prolapse vent for those of you listening? It's when their vent where they um, hatch or not hatch, where they lay their eggs becomes prolapsed. Now everything that is supposed to be inside is now outside. So it's it's, very yucky. It's very yucky and it's it's uncomfortable for the bird. So yeah, anyway, got that fixed. That was fun. So um, next thing you need, basic supplies that you need, whatever your operation is, Chickens. You need chickens, so believe it or not. There's a couple of ways to get them. And terminology here, you can go... You can go to a chicken rustler and buy them off the street illegal. Just no, kidding, well, that's not kinda, a thing. Well, kind of, yeah, but not quite that sexy. Mm. Um, you can look online. You can go to your Craigslist, your marketplace, or wherever. And there's generally a local somebody. And I did this when I lived in the city. It's not that hard. There's generally somebody on the outside of this city that will raise them and bring them to you city folks. Um, and I bought pullets. What's a pullet? A pullet is- Is that like where you have lo- short hair in the front and long hair in the oh, back? Oh, honey, stop. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> that's a mullet. Oh. Any hoosers, uh, a pullet is a grown chicken that's not laying yet. It's generally about a six month old hen. Looks like an adult. Acts like an adult, not laying eggs yet. It's a very short window. It's a teenage chick- hen is what mm-hmm. it is. So what's nice is you don't have to do all the chick care. You've got a hen that's going to be laying here pretty soon. They can be costly. 20 years ago when I bought my replacement pullets for my three old age ladies, they were about $10. Hmm. That's not the case these days. A pullet is going to cost you 20 25 30 bucks a piece. Because somebody took the time and the cost to raise them from a chick. So if you back that that process up six months, you can purchase chicks. And that's what the whole world did in 2020 when COVID hit for some reason. I don't know. It seemed weird to me that, hey, everyone, you need to stay at home. You need to wear a mask and buy chicks. And bake bread at home and hoard toilet paper. I just thought that was so weird. So... Um, we had already bought chicks a year or two before that, so that was fine. But here's, uh, if, and for those of you who are Patreons, you've probably seen the video. We just got our our Montana batch of chicks, and I did a little video on that. There's several ways to get them. One is to, and this is the time of year. That's why we wanted to do this video. This being June. This being June. And remember that. 
I'm going to talk about that a lot. This being June, you can buy chicks at Tractor Supply, your feed stores, your, your, you know, they're out in front of grocery stores like Girl Scout cookies practically. You can buy chicks just about everywhere. And then you just have to raise them through the summer, which is the warmer time of the year, which is great because baby chicks really need to stay warm. Um, and you'll have, we'll be having eggs here in the uh, Glenn and Shelby household by about October, November, which is great. So you can buy chicks, like I said, or you can buy them online. Here's what I found Some out. Some tips and tricks for online chick buying. Yes. Yeah, so the kind of the gold standard, my experience has been, I could be wrong. I know somebody out there will disagree and that's okay. The gold standard hatchery out there that you hear about all the time is McMurray Hatchery. Love them. I've ordered from them before. Um, they do a great job. I went in February to order them for now. Uh, I to, to order them for now, and they only had availability either right now, February, which 1st, would be a terrible idea in Montana. In Montana, <laughs> when the high at that time was ten degrees for about like a week, or October. Hmm. That because they're so backlogged and people have already ordered. So there's other hatcheries besides McMurray. And I found Cackle Hatchery. Which and how does one spell cackle? C-A-C-K-L-E. Mm-hmm. Um, and just look them or look up others or look locally to see if any if there's a hatchery near you. Um, and we just got our order from Cackle, which was great. I did a sampler of different colored egg layers. We'll talk about that in a second. I got three French copper marins and three Easter eggers. And then they always throw in a few extra. I'll give a, an extra kudos to Cackle. They threw in four extra chicks. Many hatcheries will do that. They'll throw in extra chicks to make up for, generally, there's always a couple that don't make the journey because they're being sent in a box through airmail. Speaking of the journey in a box through airmail, let folks know how their chickens arrive when you buy them online because this is fascinating it to is me. It is fascinating to yeah, me. this is so, very unusual. Yeah, and this will be great because we're going to go into the after, not the after show, then to the break here in just a minute. But um, so what happens, you order them and uh, the, the hatchery will let you know your order has shipped. So you need to be ready to go to, they're not going to come to your door. No. They're going to come to your post office box, your post office, your local post office. So plan on this. And they're going to call you at about six in the morning and say, come get your chicks. They want... The post office actually calls you and tells you stuff is there, right. which is kind of in and, in they, and of and itself they do interesting. This really only for th- this sort only of pack, for live, live animals. Because they want the animal to get out of their uh, facility and into your hands mm-hmm. and getting good care. So, yeah. So the son and I went speeding off to the post office yesterday morning. Um, I was really concerned because all the tracking that I was watching was telling me that they were going to come on Monday, not a Friday, which is a concern because then they, we have chicks sitting in a box in a, in a building for five days straight without food or water. And that would be a delivered box of dead little chickens. So It's so cool. The box, it's chirping. It it's is. the weirdest thing. they're loud. Thing. Yeah, they're loud. They're mouthy little chickens. Oh, they're little. Yes. Yeah. So it was, real, it was good. We went and got them. What's really nice is that, uh, uh, again, going back to hats off to cackle, um, I ordered 21 birds. They always, they uh, McMurray threw in an extra. They always do. A cackle threw in four extra. So mm. I actually have 25 birds, which that's about each bird. And when you order them like this, they're about two or three dollars a piece. So really good on that. Um, and they're at home doing really well. We're going to take a break here because um, we have so much more to talk oh, about. Oh, yes. There's and a lot to this. There's a lot We've to this. We've learned a lot through our own experience and mistakes. And a lot to consider. And that's why I wanted to lay this out for you folks so that you could consider your options and what fits best for you. So when we come back, we're going to talk more about how to feed these little fuzzy things when they come to your house. Don't go away. More of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher is coming right up. Hear all our previous shows free online at prepping2-0.com. Abe Lincoln here. In 1773, patriots broke the chains of British tyranny by throwing tea into Boston Harbor. On that day, Americans began drinking coffee. We celebrate that event daily here at Minutemen Coffee. All men are created equal. (laughs) Coffee is not. Minutemen Coffee is roasted to perfection in small batches. Bold, smooth, and never bitter. Shipped to you fresh daily. Whole bean, ground, or our patented pods. www.minutemencoffee.com Prepping 2.0 is about that next level of prepping. 
One of the key 2.0 items to have is bulletproof body armor plates. I used to think body armor was too tactical for a regular guy like me, but it isn't. Give yourself, your family, and your team an unfair advantage when bullets are flying. Body armor used to be expensive and hard to get. Not anymore. KD Armor, and that stands for come and take it, makes solid and affordable body armor for normal people. Get body armor while you can. The clowns in Congress are trying to prohibit future sales. KD Armor is the place to get it. C-A-T-I-Armor.com. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount when you use the coupon code GRANT. When the grid goes down, darkness will descend fast. Used to be there was nothing you could do about an EMP, electromagnetic pulse, or CME, coronal mass ejection. Now you can protect your electronics, protect your family, thanks to EMP Shield. EMP Shield invented a simple to install device that prevents whatever's connected to it from frying in an EMP or CME, and it costs just a few hundred dollars. EMP Shield has been tested by independent laboratories and passed muster with the government, which has ordered lots of them. Google EMP Shield and see for yourself and save some money. Get a $50 discount per device. Go to prepping2-o.com. Click on the Friends and Affiliates page, then click on the EMP Shield logo. At checkout, use coupon code PREPPING2.0. It's all one word. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. Looking to meet other like-minded people in your area? Looking to start your own prepper group? Already have a group? Join PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet has gathered the biggest names in the industry to help unite preppers everywhere. Join John Jacob Schmidt, Scott Hunt, Dr. Bones and Nurse Amy, Glenn Tate, Shelby Gallagher, Charlie Hogwood, Samuel Culper, Survivor Jane, Rick Austin, Franklin Horton, Ryan Mitchell, and Brian Duff. Our team is united. Check us out at PrepperNet.com. PrepperNet, where preppers unite. PrepperNet.com. Shelby Gallagher here. We found that you need to layer your food preps. Yeah, this is Glenn Tate here. A lot of times, the hardest part of layering is the long-term foods. We love Numana foods, which have a 25-year shelf life and are non-GMO. Also, organic meals are available. Numana comes in family-style portions and in bulk. This is not backpacking food. It's family meals that last for at least 25 years. The perfect freeze-dried part of your food layering. You can get a sample of Numana meals for $19.95 and see for yourself. You will be amazed. Prepping 2.0 listeners get a 10% discount by entering the code PREP. Go to newmana.com or click the link on the Prepping 2.0 website. Give it a try. Newmana.com. That is N-U-M-A-N-N-A.com. Now, more of Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. Welcome back, everyone. Thanks for joining us. We are talking all things chickens today. And as usual, this segment will end just as we get going. And we'll carry this over into the our Patreon show for our Patreon supporters. But first, I want to give a wonderful shout out to those who support us over here at Prepping 2.0. Uh, you can find all of our sponsors. They're listed on the Friends and Affiliates page of our website, which is prepping 2 0com You can find awesome realtor, Montana realtor, Jared Savick and uh, you can find him at redstate-realtors.com if you click over on that website over to Tennessee you'll find Lizzie McDaniel also we have Katie Armour Backwoods Home Magazine My Kind CBD Yum Ola Mm. Minuteman Coffee. Yes, delicious. This is why I'm able to speak in full sentences today and EMP Shield. Thanks to all of our great sponsors and I also wanted to mention one of the reasons I'm sleeping well at night, and that is because I have self-defense insurance. So does Shelby, and so does Joel, by the way, yes. our 16-year-old, 17-year-old. I know, My he's goodness, a, yeah. he turned 17. Um, you really need to have self-defense insurance, and the way to get it is U.S. Law Shield, and they are one of our friends and affiliates at prepping2-0.com. You click on the U.S. Law Shield banner and the coupon code is there you get 14 months for the price of 12 and you're saying insurance that's probably a couple hundred bucks a month no it's about a hundred bucks a year and then it's even less if you add more people onto your plan in your family so for roughly ten dollars a month you can have your whole family protected get the defense costs you get a great lawyer and these are not schlocky yellow uh, yellow pages lawyers that get assigned to you. These are actual self-defense expert lawyers. They're really good, by the way. I happen to know what good lawyers are, and I happen to know these are good lawyers. So you get seriously good legal representation. They give you an 800 number, 
You keep it in your wallet. You can call it 24 hours a day if you're involved in a self-defense situation. Call that 800 number at two in the morning and your lawyer is going to answer the phone. It doesn't go to India to some customer service thing. It's your lawyer. It might be a little groggy, it's two in the morning, but you're gonna get to talk to a lawyer. So we highly recommend and we use personally here in the Prepping 2.0 Real Life Family, US Law Shield. I also wanted to mention our uh, Firearms Radio Network podcast spotlight of the week. We are very proud affiliates of the Firearms Radio Network. They have 28 other shows. And this week's spotlight is Student of the Gun, which is done by Paul and Jared Markle, who are friends. They're really good guys. We've been on their show before, so that should tell you that there's kind of a a crossover, a link between their show and ours. That is, if you like our show, you're going to like their show. They're... They're really, they're funny guys too. It's not just gun stuff. Um, I'll give you an idea of that because the name of their latest episode is Free Crack Pipes and Lessons Learned from the 1986 FBI Miami Shootout. So you get a little bit of, you know, a little bit of crack pipe, a little bit of uh, shootout analysis. And so it's a really good podcast and we highly recommend it. So now we're going to go back to Shelby. She's going to resume her discussion of chickens. So one thing I wanted to hit on from the before the break was um, the pros and cons of chicks versus pullets. Um, one of the pros of getting chicks is that they're cheaper. Like you're going to be getting a bird for anywhere from two, three, three and a half dollars a piece, as opposed to I just found a comment on our social media pullets. $35 these days. Holy shnikes. I know. So they're going to be much cheaper. They're not difficult, but here's the con. Chicks require some some care when you first get them. They have to be kept warm. And that's about it. They so like to- when I said that chicks, chickens are very low maintenance, I should have been more accurate and said grown chickens are low maintenance. Baby chicks are... Slightly more or less maintenance. Slightly what, slightly does, more maintenance-y. And I make a, up a word every show. Yes, you do. And it's for a very short time. Once they start feathering out and can regulate their own body heats, it's it's and that's going to be a month to two months, and then you're good. Which and, is and a heat heat lamp is pretty inexpensive. It's like twelve bucks plus. Yeah, they're not though. The expense is not as much as a pullet for sure. And when you're buying pullets, you have to buy multiples. Chickens do not do well by themselves. They need a partner, at least one. So you're committed to like $75 probably. I just bought all of ours for 100 and we have 25 chicks. So uh, they require extra care though and you gotta wait for eggs. Whereas pullets, you're gonna get eggs pretty quickly. With chicks, you're gonna be waiting about four months or so. I ha- Little story here. Yeah. When we got our chicks in Western Washington, people still don't believe me about this, but you're my witness. I'm your witness. We ordered them and got them the first week of September of 2018, 2019, whenever it was. 2019, probably. Mm-hmm. First week of September. Yes. My parents were visiting the first or, or the second week of December. They came for Christmas and we got our first egg while they were there. Mm-hmm. So do the math here. That's October, November, December. So in three and a half months. And I told that to somebody and, and he said, didn't happen. Yeah, I, Shelby's like, a liar, liar, pants like, on fire. It did. I have witnesses. Hey, Pinocchio, your nose is growing. That was so funny. Anyway, I think he was being funny too, but it, it, that's very unusual. Is the point there? So, other good, th- other thing that you need when it comes to chickens, and we're gonna change gears here. <laughs> whether you have chicks or whatever, or pullets, you need good feed. Mm-hmm. Um, consider if you can, depending on your situation, a place for them to forage. And I want to kind of tell a story here. When I lived in Portland, I kind of every now and then would let them run around in our backyard where they couldn't escape, but I had dogs. And more than once, one one, one of my dogs killed a chicken. Mm-hmm. So gotta watch out for predators. Everything's a predator. Even your own pets Even can your be own predators. pets, everything's a predator of chickens. So um, I would always have to make sure dogs are always inside while I let them run around the backyard. Um, when we lived in Western Washington, we did not let them run around because we lived in an unfe- on an unfenced property. Um, in with, the heart of the woods. In, in deep woods. It looked like a national park. It was deep, deep woods. And we knew we were surrounded. We had predators there. We knew that. Game cams. Verify this. Yep. And bears. We had bears. Cougar. Mount- wolves. Wolves. Raccoons. Well, coyotes. Coyotes and wolves. You've got both of them on camera. Oh, okay. But the coyotes were more prolific. 
And we also had a neighbor that, that one summer got like eight or ten birds. And by the end of the summer, she had no birds. And the other flying. The oh, hawks, yeah. that was the big thing is the hawks and the eagles and the would come along and pluck them out of the, out of, out of your, gone. So um, everything hunts chickens. So we did, we kept them very enclosed in Western uh, uh, Washington. Um, I always have to catch myself. In Western Montana, where we're living now, we have a fenced area mm-hmm. where they can forage a lot, which will help your feed bill. Now foraging, what is that? That means they get to go scratching around, they eat bugs, yahoo. Yes, good. They eat grass, they eat whatever, they eat gross things. Small snakes. They'll eat small worms, snakes, yeah. Um, They will eat gross things. If you have other animals like that put off manure, like cows or- Horses. Horses or, I don't know, goats, I guess. They will eat the manure and turn them into eggs. One thing I want to emphasize on this is, folks, I know us, uh, we preppers, we are extremely analytical people and we make a lot of plans and we have to-do lists and all of that. We're very organized and we think through things. Don't overthink chicken feed. And here's what I mean by that. Um, the natural question is, oh, you guys are relying on chicken feed. Well, what happens when the you know semi-trucks quit rolling into tractor supply and you don't have chicken feed? A valid question. Yes. However, it's not as dire as it seems because chicken feed is great, but there are all kinds of other things that chickens can eat. I don't know that I would, and I'm curious what you think, I don't know that I would count on no chicken feed and just count on worms and stuff like that. Um, Chickens can also eat table scraps. In fact, it's great when you have a greenhouse slash garden because there will be um, vegetable waste. You know, there's parts of I don't know, uh, onion stalks or something like that that you're not going to eat. And you, you give them to the chickens. They eat all kinds of vegetable scraps. And here's the really cool thing. It shows up in their eggs. Their eggs are, are more flavorful. They don't taste like onions because that would be gross. But, I mean, they're, they're colorful and it's extremely good for the chickens, which means it's extremely good for the eggs, which means it's extremely good for you. And you just hit the next one of the points I wanted to say about pros of um – allowing them to forage if you can. They get a wider, more rounded out diet. Um, they eat bugs, they eat gross things like manure. Um, and you can't, you you do need to train them to come back to the coop at night so that they're protected because that's when the predators come out. Um, but when they're eating that diverse of a diet instead of just feed, you get awesome, richer, deep orange uh, eggs and you get better meat. Everyone that I've read about, read and seen their videos says you're going to get a better meat when you have a bird that is foraged. And we're going to talk about that when we come up to breeds. But you were shocked at that. I remember Mm -hmm. when you had your first homegrown egg. Yes. And what tell tell that story, Glenn. Well, first of all, you notice the color. Well, actually, that's not the first thing you notice. The first thing you notice is the hard shell. Yeah, you have to whack it pretty hard. I mean, store-bought shells are pretty fragile. Um, they're like a liberal's feelings. They're very easily shattered. And, uh, and but with a with a farm fresh egg, it, the shells are actually pretty stout. And I noticed that. And then I noticed the color of the yolk. It was marigold, really orange. And by the way, if any listeners have ever had eggs in Canada, not farm fresh eggs, store bought eggs in Canada, we were in Canada. And we were having breakfast and they they rolled out these eggs and the yolks looked about as white as the egg whites. They were like a light, light yellow, like butter. Yeah. And I was like, what's up with that? Yeah, there's no nutrients. There's no nutrients. And so you can really tell from the color of the eggs. And then, of course, the main thing is the flavor. They are simply better. The the comparison would be store-bought eggs are like hamburger and farm fresh eggs are like steak. They're still beef. They're still eggs. But it's several grades of quality higher and not only in flavor, but in texture. I mean, it's just more substantial. And by the way, you want to go off the charts, try duck eggs. That's a whole topic for a different thing. Glenn had his first duck egg recently. And I said, you're going to love this. And it's awesome. It's like a steak for breakfast. One duck egg equals about two chicken eggs as far as volume goes. Anyway, this isn't a show about ducks. This is about picking up chicks. (laughs) Exactly. So some of the cons about allowing them to forage we hit on attracts predators, including your own pets. 
Gotta kind of keep an eye on them. They can't escape. They are curious little turds and can push, a, you know, if there's a loose spot on a gate or a small opening, they'll find the way. As dumb as they are. And a couple, I lost a couple of chickens that way in my backyard when somebody, one of them had, had kind of pried open part of a, a chicken fence. By the way, chicken wire is useless. Yes. Don't use it. Use it for gardening. Don't use it for chickens. Um, they can destroy your garden. They are scratching and pulling and picking kind of birds. So uh, if you're going to let them loose in your garden, guard your plants. Um, and if you decide to let them forage, you, there's going to be a fencing cost. And that was our big deal in Western Washington. We're like, we can't fence this four, five, acres. five acres. We can't. But the five acres that we have now came pre-fenced really nicely, actually. Yeah. That lend itself very well to doing this. And with small compartments yes. of fencing that are going to be absolutely perfect. What would you say square footage wise? Maybe three, four hundred square feet. Oh gosh, more than that. Yeah. And it's already got fence. And so that is an ideal setup. And so again, we try to be practical here, but we have to, we have to be candid and say, we have an ideal setup for this, but you guys can probably mimic that on your own. So um, I want to acknowledge, and it's and people have, have said this, and there, I've had a few neener neeners online about this. What happens when buying feed can become a problem? Well, that's where foraging helps, allowing them to go out and about. Um, there are online recipes, kind of, to make your own feed. And I found one at theprairiehomestead.com, and he's very candid. He wrote that uh, piece a couple years ago. It's, it's going to require you to do some foraging yourself to find mm-hmm. the ingredients. But I encourage folks, no matter however you feed your chickens, well, here's here's one of your hopes. If you've ever been, to, who here has been to Hawaii? Raising of hands on the radio, yep. audio only. It doesn't make for good radio. I have, and the couple of times, the big island of Hawaii, if you've ever been there and you've driven around, uh, wild chickens are everywhere. Mm-hmm. They they they're like deer here. They're everywhere. <laughs> but without antlers. And so I look at them. I'm like they're they they know how to hide in the woods. They know how to eat, and feed themselves. Now, are our domesticated chickens that we have uh, like that? Not necessarily. They're a little bit dumber for sure. These these guys have learned how to survive in the wild, but not by much. So if you if if it gets tricky in trying to get uh, feed. That is my inspiration that chickens can do pretty well on a not grain diet if need be. However, I do encourage you to supplement with uh, things like grit or oyster shells, grit being like sand or oyster shells. Both of those things help uh, chicken digestion. It helps their eggshells being stronger and scratch. Scratch, if you've ever seen it, it looks like uh, granola with corn in it and it's kind of a snack. Mm. for chickens and it keeps them a little bit happier and it rounds out their diet a little bit it is not feed don't don't ever think if you give your chicken just a scratch they are going to become kind of nutrient deficient um so there's that so there's kind of how to think about feed and that i remember when we were in western washington and we had uh the whole covid crap happening and it's like oh my gosh we got to prep and i'm like we also need to go to the feed store and buy extra chicken feed because at that time, our chickens were only eating feed. And that's what I'm kind of excited about where we're at now. The chickens we have will be able to eat other things besides just feed. One note about chicken feed is how to store it. Oh, God. And yeah. It attracts predators, doesn't it? It attracts predators, especially rats and mice and voles. And bears in, and in, bears. Our, in our situation. Yeah. yeah. And so um, there's various ways to do it. I think that you, basically you need to have a big storage system for the main supply, basically the pantry version Mm -hmm. of of chicken feed storage. And then you need to have a small single serving kind of thing. As far as the big pantry size thing, get an extremely good garbage can and you cannot cheap out when it comes to a garbage can that's gonna hold your feed. We would keep it in the bags because then it's not loose. And so we would have a really good garbage can with say two, I believe 25 pound, I could be wrong. Oh, we would do four actually. We could do four feeds or two feeds and two scratches. scratches. That's right. Mm -hmm. And so you you keep them in a very good uh, plastic uh, garbage can and then you pull out a bag at a time and you keep that near the uh, chicken coop and you also secure that because it's open and it needs to really be secure. And then you have like a little scoop or whatever and you put it in the chicken feeding little feeder stations. So in a, like everything else we always talk about, 
there's a system. Yes, there it's is. not just having chickens, it's having storage for the bulk feed and the single serving feed and everything's a system and we love to give you the overview of what all is involved. And to add to that, what was interesting, little fun story here, in Western Washington, I would go into our bins of food and f- to feed them every day and sure as shooting, there would be a slug that had crawled into the feed. Ick. Ick. But and, chickens love slugs. And they do, and they would dry out because they need so much water. So they would, like, kind of like earthworms. They it was crawl, like freeze-dried slug Oh candy. my gosh, it was so funny. They fight over those things, so it's kind of funny. Um, so let's talk about seasons a little bit. <clears throat> Excuse me. Uh, to, seasons, when you do this, you need to consider what your, especially what your hot summers are like and what your cold winters are like. And kind of choose your breeds accordingly. There are breeds out there that handle those things better than others um no matter what if you live in a climate like where we live now where for two or three months straight it can it's going to hover at or below 30 degrees you're gonna need to electrify Mm -hmm. somehow your chicken coop at the very least so that at night you can put a heat source into your a heat source just to keep that their their covered um Shelter. Shelter. Heated. So what we did, we talked about this earlier in Western Washington, we'd just run an extension cord. What we are having done now, um, first of all, our chicken coop where they will stay at night. Legit. Is, is, uh, yeah. It's a modified custom built shed. shed. And it is not a Lowe's, like I was going to say $400 shed. I really mean $18,000 shed now. But it's not something like that. It is purpose built to be a chicken coop and we we spent the money and that's another part of the cost yeah. of all this you can get a shelter that's you know a couple thousand bucks um, we think it's worth it the return on investment and just understand that it's a legit thing once yeah. again it's part of a system yeah. but it is it is a great structure it doesn't have insulation or anything because it gets pretty hot here in the summer but it it that structure well built that it is coupled with a heat uh, lamp, a $12 heat lamp is going to be plenty good enough mm-hmm. for those things for the winter when they're grown up and have feathers. Right. Now, when they're baby chicks, that's why you don't get chicks in the winter. Yeah. So encourage you to think about that. There's several ways to do that. And I'm not going to sit here and tell you all the YouTube channels, but there's ways you can electrify a chicken coop using solar. Uh, and, and again, it really depends on where you live. If you live in a place that only gets cold maybe one month of the year, you can you can kind of downsize, but if you're in a super cold climate, kind of like we are in the winter, you're going to have to really do something that makes it so that there can be a constant heat source in there uh, for for uh, keeping them warm. The other thing is keeping their water from freezing. Excellent point. So excellent. See what I did there. And so what I found, and it's at a company called Premier One, because we're electrifying our coop. We're in the process of doing that. If I have an electrical source, I have found a water that when it gets below 40 degrees, it turns on a heating element within the waterer. So it's this is brilliant. I know. It's like this five-gallon thing that can feed up to 30-some chickens, perfect for my setup, and keep the water just warm enough so it doesn't freeze. That's a big deal. And we ran into that several times in Washington. I ran into it in Oregon because it does. You'll, you'll get a cold snap, and it's like, dang it, and they need water. Chickens always need water. That's what makes it so that they have really good eggs. They have their systems are working well. So something to consider, um, but definitely look it up. Were you going to say something? No, I wasn't. Okay. So why are we doing all of this, Glenn? Yes. Why? Why? What the heck? What's the rationale? Primary reason, eggs. Yes. Lots of eggs. And we have a few minutes before we kind of sign off and go into the after show. But where we continue this awesome discussion doing this because we want here in the Glenn and Shelby household, 25 little feathered friend pets. Also, are we doing this just because the taste of the eggs is better? I mean, who's going to spend thousands of dollars on a chicken coop, electrify it and do all this other stuff just to have slightly better tasting eggs? That would seem to be a waste of money. Oh, but it's not. And why is that? You are not only going to get eggs, you are going to get lots of eggs that can set up for you lots of good things. One, you can preserve them. What, Shelby, you can preserve eggs? Yes, you can freeze dry them. Look on YouTube. There's actually ways to dehydrate them, much like you would freeze drying. Um, You can water glass them. Mm -hmm. That's a cool process. And you can eat them. So you are creating an ongoing 
constantly being able to add to your pantry and your preps an ongoing awesome protein source. And I'd like to add to that with something visual. Think about the Costco 27-gallon black tubs with the yellow lids. We have several of those of freeze-dried omelet because what we do is when we had the chickens, and we will resume this once we have our chickens here in Western Montana. When we had all of our chickens in Western Washington, we would cook up in a batch a bunch of eggs because you're going to have a huge surplus unless Especially you've got in the a basketball team living at your house. You're <laughs> not going to go through all these eggs. And especially in the summer. Yeah, that's when they produce more eggs. And so what we would do, Shelby would do actually, is cook up omelets, throw in some bacon bits and some cheese and some onions even, and then freeze dry it. And we have tons of just add water, freeze dried omelets. And let me tell you guys, they are delicious. They taste completely normal. The texture is great. It is an absolute anchor to our food preps to have all of these very nutritious, very flavorful freeze-dried omelet bags that we just add water to. It is it is huge, you guys. It is not just more delicious eggs. You're making your own food, and when you freeze-dry it, you're preserving your own food in an extremely useful format. This isn't something... This is sustainability. This is all you need is hot water. Actually, cold water would work too, but that'd be kind of gross. Cold eggs are gross. So you're going to have a ton of incredibly nutritious, high-protein, no-allergen food, and that is something you pretty much can't put a price tag on, especially when the trucks stop rolling. So let me add one more visual before we have to close today's show. The regular show. The twenty. I have 25 chicks. Next summer, when they are all laying an egg a day, I will have over two dozen eggs a day. I will be freeze drying and all of that. But I can also sell them yes. at $4 a dozen locally. And I can, I got, I with twenty five chickens, I can have a pretty nice little side gig going too. If you go, you, you got to have a, quite a few chicks, chicks and chickens to do that. But wow, what a great little side gig these days! When especially when the grocery store is uh, doing their little limits of two dozen or their their egg limits, like they did a couple of years ago, or the prices keep going up, or we keep get, getting these weird avian flu things that make it so that the big producers have to cull thousands and thousands of eggs, and you start seeing in the news that we now will have an egg shortage. This is an ongoing protein source that you can eat now and preserve for later. It's great. Well, we're at the end of the regular show. We've given you a lot of know-how about chickens in this short regular show. You can complete your knowledge with the second half of this topic in the after show, which is available exclusively to Patreon supporters. Go to prepping2-0.com and click on the big orange button that says Patreon to learn how to become a Patreon supporter if you aren't already, and you doggone really should be. Folks, don't ever forget from Benjamin Franklin, failing to prepare is preparing to fail. Have a great week, everyone. Adios. You've been listening to Prepping 2.0 with authors Glenn Tate and Shelby Gallagher. All the information you've heard today, including all our previous shows, is online at prepping2-0.com. Find out more about Glenn's books at 299days.com and Shelby's books at agreatstate.com. Until next time, be smart, be safe, and be prepared.